Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We want to wish you a blessed new year filled with God moments and memories. We thank God who has carried us through the past year by rebuilding the ruins and replanting the dried and barren places of our hearts and lives. We have Pastor Geshom sharing with us the theme for this year and how we as followers of Jesus can fully and confidently entrust our lives to him, the good shepherd. Every day can be a rich and rewarding experience when we have our eyes fixed solely on him. Hi church, it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's word to you today. Even as this is the start of another new year, I'm excited that we get to, you know, give God the importance as we start this year. Even as we all have gathered online and even as we've taken some time, you know, out of our uh, schedule for the day, even before we meet family and friends and, you know, gather around the table. I would like for us to really go into God's word and take a promise word for this year so that we will step into this year knowing that our God is alive, knowing that our God is for us, knowing that, you know, we uh, serve a living God, you know, and we worship a living God. Uh, for those of us who've really struggled through this 2021, I know it could be something where, you know, we uh, kind of like put God uh, in a box and we keep him aside where we don't want him to, you know, have anything to do with the new year. But I would ask that whatever your experience is, Whatever your life situation was, can we put it aside and can we say, God, I want to start the year right? Because I know when I dedicate the year to you, when I say, God, I cannot do this year without you, he delights in it because he wants to help us. He wants to journey along with us. And so even today, before we start, uh, you know, getting into God's word, I just want to take a minute to wish you all a blessed and a prosperous and a Christ-centered new year. Let Jesus reign over your homes. Let Jesus be the center of every decision that you take. And let Jesus be with you in every journey. Not just the big ones, but even the small ones. Not just the ones where you know what the end result is going to be, but also in the ones where you have your doubts and you have your fears. Let him be with you so that he'll be able to guide you. He'll be able to hold you. And so even as we start this new year, uh, you know, the verse that we've taken as a church and which you're going to meditate on is from Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 31. And this is what it says. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord. I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord. God's declaring here and he's telling Ezekiel, I am your God. Go tell the people of Israel, I am your God. You know, the word that's being used here says sovereign Lord. You know, the meaning of the word sovereign is supreme leader. Or, you know, it means above. He's above everything else. And today, the one who's declaring this word over you, over each and every one of us, over the church, over everyone who's listening right now, is the fact that he's saying, I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord. He's not a God of just uh, a specific timeline. He's not a God of specific, you know, specific things. No, he is the one and only true and living God. He's the only God that's alive. He is the only one that is our living God. His name is Jesus. 
And today I want to specifically say his name, Jesus, because a lot of us have attached ourselves to, you know, certain other elements of God and not willing to put our heads together and say, Jesus is the true and living God. And so today, as you step into this new year, I want you to hold on to this word that says, Jesus, you are my true and living God. And if you say, I am, I believe in the I am. You know, the word I am is so important because that kind of like defines a lot of things, especially in the biblical context. When we see, you know, Moses, you know, he was hesitating to go and fulfill the call of God upon his life. When God told him, hey, I want you to go and save my people. He says, what will I tell the people that they will believe that you sent me? And he says this beautiful thing saying, say that I am who I say I am. And I'm just going to read that particular verse for you from Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 to 15. And it goes on to say, Then Moses said to God, Behold, when I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers, ancestors has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, you shall say this to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Then God also said to Moses, this is what you shall say to the Israelites. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, Israel has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial name to all generations. This is my name forever and this is my memorial name to all generations. The Israelites grew up knowing that, you know, he's a God of Abraham, he's a God of Isaac, he's a God of Jacob. But when Moses was in the presence of God and when he got his assignment, God told him, the person who's sending you is I am. And I love, there's so much of uh, a definition to this whole thing. There's no one greater there's no one beneath him that can, you know, actually who's waiting next in line to him. He is the only one. And when we see in the Bible, you know, he's been through the ages. When we see in our own lives, from the time Jesus walked on this earth 2000 years ago, he was the great I am who came down to earth, whose, whose birth we just celebrated a week back. And I want us to be encouraged knowing that even as we step into a new year, we are not stepping in, you know, with someone who uh, is quantifiable. We are stepping into this new year knowing that the person who's walking with us is God above. There's no one greater than him. And I don't know for who uh, this message is, but I believe for each and every one of us, God's here to tell you, I am your God. Each of us have to know that he is our God. A lot of the times we feel, you know what, he's a God of those who are lonely or he's a God of those, you know, who are hurting or those who are sick. But even those who are well, even if you feel like you've got everything going right, he has to be a God. And so today the title of my sermon is, I am your God. Jesus is our God. And even as we step into this new year, can we take him? Can we take this declaration? Can we open our mouths and our hearts and say, God, you are my God. There is no one other. You know, I love the fact that, you know, when we say that, we are solely dependent on him. When we say that there's no one else other than you, there's no one else other than the picture. Today, whatever support systems we have, all that will fall down when he is lifted up. Because when he's lifted up, he starts working in ways we cannot see. 
he starts doing things which you know goes beyond our mind what we can comprehend with our finite understanding many times we just see with a short span of a year or two but if there's one thing that's taught us over the last 3 years is we are living in uncertain times if there's one thing that life has taught us is that we live in a changing world when i say we live in a changing world what changes around us everything changes you know the very buildings that we've grown up seeing don't last maximum 20 30 years then man pulls it down and builds something new when they build something new that becomes the talk of the town for the next 10 15 years and we see not just in buildings we also see in our value systems our value systems keep changing from generation to generation our morals keep changing from generation to generation our laws keep changing from government to government who takes authority they keep changing it sometimes to their convenience sometimes for the betterment sometimes for the worse but if there's one person who hasn't changed from the beginning of time from the start ever since he created it's god and as i said we are living in a world where our values our morals our laws keep changing but jesus never changes our god never changes he's been the same through time he's been the same in the old testament he's been the same in the new testament you know uh, we make this clear distinction many of us thinking that you know uh, god changed from the old testament to the new testament god was angry god was his god of anger in the old testament and then god changed to becoming this person of uh, you know kindness and love in the new testament no he was the same in the old and in the new he had a redemption plan ever since man you know gave up on god when man decided to be selfish and make that self-centered choice of eating that fruit he had a redemption plan and ever since that his love for us has been greater he's time and again given us the opportunity to come back to him to find his ways to draw closer to him we just couldn't handle what god wanted and so today even as god is here in our midst i believe he's here in your homes today he wants to speak to you specifically and say hey i am your god in the resolutions that you're taking for this new year i am your god in the decisions that you're going to take in this new year i am your god in the finances that you're going to navigate through this year you know the loans that you've been struggling to repay i'm going to give you wisdom the needs and the wants that you've caved into i'm going to be your god and going to you know journey along with you that insecurity that you've had i'm going to be with you so that i can define and reassure you and tell you who you are so today we worship we serve we love a god who's unchanging the great i am the i am shows god's unchanging nature unchanging nature hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 goes on to say like this in the amplified jesus christ is eternally changeless always the same yesterday today and forever a lot of us know this was jesus is the same to, uh, yesterday today and forever but you know i loved what amplified says where it says is eternally changeless always there's a clear definition to that he's eternally changes so today you know whatever promises god spoken over you over the years god will fulfill it god will fulfill it in his timing and you know you probably have heard this time and again you know we have to wait for his timing we have to be in his timing so that we can experience it yes we have to wait 
we have to wait i love how god has actually led the church over the last you know 3 years especially uh, before the start of the pandemic you know i remember the verse that god gave from psalm 65 verse 11 and it goes on to say you know you crown the year with a bountiful harvest even the hard pathways overflow with abundance even the hard pathways overflow with abundance and you know we stepped into a year thinking you know what 2020 is going to be great and then when everything fell down and became a standstill we remember that in that hard pathway in the hard pathway of many losing their lives in that hard pathway of us all going through different kinds of struggles we still had the overflow of god we still had the overflow of i am the following year he gave us a verse from 1 peter chapter 2 verses 4 to 5 and it goes on to say you're coming to christ who's the living cornerstone of god's temple he was rejected by people but he was chosen by god for great honor and i love verse 5 and it says and you are living stones that god is building into a spiritual temple what more you are his holy priests through the mediation of jesus christ you offer spiritual sacrifices that please god and we saw that he is building us to be these living stones and we realized that you know so many areas of our lives had to be rebuilt we had to be replanted you know into his kingdom for a lot of us we had to be planted new into his kingdom and we saw that he's faithful in the midst of all of this and this year as we've stepped into another year the verse is from ezekiel 34 as i read earlier 31 you are my sheep the sheep of my pasture and i am your god declares the sovereign lord god's calling you by name he's saying you are mine the sheep of my pasture he's saying what i have is yours he's saying here you are my sheep which means he's giving us an identity he's marking us he's branding us literally to say you are my sheep because we've chosen to follow him because we've accepted jesus christ as a lord and personal savior you know today no one can force you into accepting jesus christ no one can coerce you into accepting jesus christ no one can give you something and say you know you need to accept jesus christ because he's given you this no accepting jesus christ is a personal decision telling jesus you know that you are my god is a very personal decision it's a choice that we all get to make we have the gift of choice each and every human being that's born into this earth has the gift of choice we can either choose life or we can either choose death we can either choose eternity or we can either choose you know where we spend eternity in heaven or on hell it's a choice we all have to make it's a choice we get to make whether we get to enjoy the things here or whether we get to set apart and be who god's called us to be here today and so today even as you make this decision know that if you are his you've chosen to follow jesus you allowed him into your heart you know he goes on to say in scriptures behold i'm standing at the door and knock he who hears my voice let me in jesus wants to come in and reside with us and you know have him in us and so today can i ask you can you allow jesus back into your heart especially for those of you who've written god off who've said you know what i don't i i want fellowship i want the church but i don't want god because i feel god is distant you know god is the same the only person who's gone distant is us we've chosen to move away i'm repeating that the only person who's distant is us we've chosen to walk away 
you know the context for this entire verse is from the book of Ezekiel and Ezekiel was this prophet who you know uh, was going to become a priest and then God you know anointed him and started speak to him the mysteries of what he had for his people you know they were living in a land where they were worshiping everything other than God the they they gave their hearts they gave their bodies they gave of themselves entirely to the gods of the land till god was really angry you know and you know ezekiel kept warning them he creatively went on to do different things i would say, you know ask you if you can read a couple of chapters of ezekiel you'll see that you know god used innovative ways to get their attention the people liked it the people you know were really amused by it but they didn't change them and it i feel it's strongly very relevant today to us we are amused by everything that's happening in the christian world we love the fact that oh there is something that's happening because we get to be part of it we get to say you know as i was part of that i was part of this i was part of this worship recording i was part of this you know this piece that they put i was part of you can be part of everything and yet miss out on god and that's what happened to the people of israel they went into captivity and after they went into captivity they still kept forgetting god and god raised up time and again prophets to remind them hey you need to draw your attention back to god but many at times they failed they chose comfort they chose convenience over god they chose you know what their temporary satisfaction their stomachs being filled the money that they were getting the business they were able to run in captivity and they were happy with that they forgot that god had great plans for them and so today even as we look into this we are going to see what is it that god is saying that he is god of because a lot of us today have distanced ourselves away from god and saying you know what god doesn't love me or you know what the church doesn't make any sense to me anymore but can we make that decision because at the end of it it all comes down to us what decision can we make are we willing to take the step forward and draw closer the minute we draw closer he will draw closer to us you know we today are in, living in a world where we really talk about consent you know and god really honors each and every human being he will not invade a space which is not meant to be invaded so if only you allow him if only you call on his name will he actually answer you and so today even as we dwell deeper into god's word you know even as we hear from the life of ezekiel and what he has to say and what are the words that he heard from god i want us to draw our attention and say you know what god in the midst of all that's happening in my life in midst of all uh, the things i've allowed i am asking god i want you to be my god i am your god god i want you to declare that over me i want you to declare that over my family i want you to declare that over my children i want you to declare that over every area of my life even as i mentioned that you know ezekiel has penned this entire thing he wrote it for a time when he referred to god as the great shepherd in this chapter and so today even as we look to god i'm going to you know keep this imagery of him being the great shepherd that even as he's a shepherd even as we read earlier you know that he says that we are his you know that we are his sheep we are in his pasture so i want to draw the reference to that he is the great shepherd and so the first thing that i want to tell us our god is the perfect shepherd who will never fail us our god is the perfect shepherd who will never fail us you know today um 
people have failed us. Today, family has failed us. Today, our loved ones have failed us. Today, the people that we hoped who would, you know, be different around us have failed us. You know, for some of us, it could be our very own spouses. For some of us, it could be our dear ones we've allowed into our, you know, inner circle of trust. You know, for some of us, it could be even those people who we thought we can start a relationship with and then we can commit to something. But here God is telling he is the perfect shepherd who will never fail us. Uh, I'm speaking to a generation which actually is time and again saying the church failed them. You know, I want to, you know, change and ask them to rewrite that statement saying people fail them. The church will never fail them. Because the church is this beautiful thing that God's created. And it's it's this uh, complex network of things that are there across the world. You know, in our city alone, we have around close to 2,500 churches. You know, and so you can imagine the number of churches that are there globally. It's this complex network. And, you know, when they all come together, they all have different functions. We read it in the episodes where it says, you know, some can be the finger, some are the body, some are the legs, some are the head. But at the end of it, when you look at this entire picture of the church, it's this perfect bride that Jesus is coming for. It's the bride that's redeemed that he's coming for. And so today, you know, you can never push aside this church and say, you know, the church failed me. No, it's the people in the church who failed you. And the reason why I'm saying that is our God will never fail us. People will fail us. Why will people fail us? Because we give in to the evil desires uh, of our own heart. We give in to the evil desires that, you know, that is there around the world because we want to partake of it. Many a times we don't want to be set apart. We want to be uh, people who are partaking of it. And God kind of like, you know, uh, can't govern this. You know, he, he hasn't programmed us. He's not like, you know, these apps that we use, but it's programmed to work in a particular way. You know, when you press save, it saves. When you press cancel, it cancels and it deletes, it deletes. You know, it's it'll do that because it's programmed to do that. But he's given us the gift of free will. And so the thing about the gift of free will is a good person can make a bad choice to do bad things. And today, let's face it, all of us have learned to wear masks. Today, a lot of us, you know, we use those different filters to update our uh, stories on various platforms. We want to give it some kind of a mask, some kind of a, a look and feel, you know, to make it an appear look. And a lot of us today are wearing a lot of different masks. And a lot of people are hiding behind different masks where they appear to be good, but they have evil intentions. And so today I'm talking to those who've actually been led down by the church. Some of them have been led down by church leadership. Some of them have been led down by people within the church who they thought were right, who were probably speaking something right. But then later something went wrong. You know, I don't know for who I'm talking to. Probably you're hurt. You probably have been abused in some form by someone you really cared about. And they've heavily emphasized on God and they've taken the name of Jesus in vain. And I want to tell you, move them aside because they are people who will fail us. Don't put your trust in them, but put your trust in our living God, who is the great shepherd. He loves us. Can we just read what Ezekiel chapter 34 verses 1 to 6 has to say? 
Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds, the leaders of Israel. Give them this message from the sovereign Lord. What sorrow awaits you shepherds who feed yourselves instead of your flocks? Shouldn't shepherds feed their sheep? You drink the milk, wear the wool and butcher the best animals, but you let your flocks starve. You have not taken care of the weak. You have not tended the sick or bound up the injured. You have not gone looking for those who have wandered away and are lost. Instead, you've ruled them with harshness and cruelty. So my sheep have been scattered without a shepherd and they are easy prey for any wild animal. They have wandered through all the mountains and all the hills across the face of the earth, yet no one has gone to search for them. When I read this passage, I was scared because, you know, today a lot of us are leaders in our own way. Today, I'm talking to a generation, especially to a lot of young adults out there, young people who have leadership capabilities. And, you know, today leadership is about influence. And a lot of us exercise and have influence over a few. If you have influence over three, four people, you are a leader. And so today, when we read this, it, it God's warning us literally to say, hey, you have selfish agenda in your leadership. You know, when you see all these influencers online, they are influencing us to a certain product for a certain amount of sales to be happening more, to give their opinion or to give their review or, you know, to formulate something with regard to our thinking. And, you know, eventually we kind of want to be like them. We end up making certain decisions to do based on what we've seen. And the same thing happens within the four walls of a church many a times. We've sometimes trusted people over God. We've sometimes trusted over, you know, certain uh, people to speak into our life instead of actually following and reading God's word. A lot of us have been, you know, um, have have these misplaced, uh, you know, uh, affections and, you know, misplaced trust on people when it comes to things of God. We think, you know what, these people, if they tell, it makes sense. But the truth is, is what is God saying? God wants us to redirect and uh, our attention to a place where it's, he's saying, hey, I am over these people. What I say counts not what they say, because they all have evil agenda. It says here, you drink the milk, wear the wool and butcher the best animals, but you let your flocks starve. You have not taken care of the weak. You have not tended to the sick or bound up the injured. And today, you know, there, God does not want collateral damage in his, in his pasture land. God does not want collateral damage in the fences where he's marked specifically for us to graze on. He wants us all to be thriving. And what do I mean by that? I mean is that we need to look to God. You know, at that time, it was the leaders of Israel who led the people astray. You know, at a given time, they were they had a, another God that was built in the outer courts. There was another God that was built in the inner courts. They were leading these people into worshipping different other gods. And so they exercised their influence to move people to not worship the true and living God, but to worship the gods of the land. And God's telling them they did it for their own personal gain. And so today, as uh, leaders, and when I'm saying leaders, a lot of us are leaders in our own, right? A lot of us are leading our own homes. So some of us get to lead our own businesses, our organizations. How are we leading today? Today, I don't lead from a place of, you know, uh, having it got all right. But I'm leading from a place where, my, where I'm solely dependent on Jesus. 
you know we, a lot of us know this passage where it says husbands love your wives as christ loved the church you know for us the church looks battered it looks uh, a lot of imperfect people are inside a lot of you know many a times lot of wrong things are happening but still christ loves the church and you know many a times we fail to take that same equation into our marriages where the husband should love his wife you know love his wife with with all those rough edges because it's god who changes them over time and as much as your spouse has this rough edges we also have those rough edges and you know at the same time as god's working in and through us he's willing to change but here i want us to know that each of us are a leader each of us are a leader and so are we caring for those who are really hurting outside of us or are we selfish are we just about what does this benefit me i'll just take this and go you know a lot of times you know the the reasons why people say they're coming to church especially for those who have kids is uh, we're coming to church for our children so that when they grow up they'll grow up knowing that jesus is there they know what a church is but the truth is the children will only follow what they actually see happening the six and a half days uh, during a week the six and a half days if you are not prioritizing god and you know god in your life if you're not trusting god if you're not you know bringing god into the forefront of your conversations intentionally how much ever you bring them to church they're not going to hold on to jesus because they know that jesus again is restricted only to a building or to a gathering they'll fail to understand that it's something that they need to build up and take up back at home and so today whatever your life situation is you know i don't want to break it down to anything but you know where you're at today can you for those of you who've been hurt by people for those of you who've been hurt by institution for those of you who've been hurt by fellow believers who you thought and trusted would you lift your eyes and say jesus you are the great shepherd and you will never fail me can you just take a moment and say jesus you will never fail me i strongly feel a lot of us stepping into this year have to step in recalibrating that and pointing it towards jesus and declaring that over our life saying jesus you will never fail me ezekiel chapter 34 verses 7 to 10 goes on to say therefore you shepherds hear the word of the lord as surely as i live says the sovereign lord you abandoned my flock and left them to be attacked by every wild animal and though you were my shepherds you didn't search for my sheep when they were lost you took care of yourselves and left the sheep to starve therefore you shepherds hear the word of the lord this is what the sovereign lord says i now consider these shepherds my enemies and i will hold them responsible for what has happened to my flock i will take away their right to feed the flock and i will stop them from feeding themselves i will rescue my flock from their mouths the sheep will no longer be their prey you know one of the things that we uh, want to do when we are hurt is to retaliate one of the things we want to do is to give back we want to say if they've spoken something mean we want to give back that wrong comment but today i want us to you know uh, look that god is promising here as a good shepherd as the great shepherd he's saying you know what i will fight for you i will strike them i will pull them down i'll make sure that they are not you know uh, coming to tear you down i'll make sure that you know you are not their prey would you surrender this into jesus's hands 
You know, I early on said a lot of us have gone through tough times in the hands of various people. And I'm talking today to those who are hurt, who are uh, who feel violated, who feel abused, who feel like, you know, they've they've been uh, they've been uh, wronged in any way. Can you clear the slate and say, Jesus, these are all people as frail like me. They've made wrong decisions, but I want to trust you. Because when he says he will never fail us, he means it. When he says he will take care of us, he wants to take care of us. He wants to lead us. He wants to, you know, work in and through us. And the healing process is something beautiful that he wants us to work with us, through us, so that at the end of it, we'll be a blessing not just to our own selves, but to the people around us. The very people who hurt us will see the difference and they will be able to find Jesus. And so today, I want us to understand that people will harm us, but God will never harm us. People will want to strip us of our dignity, but God will never want to strip us of our dignity. People will give us this, uh, you know, will leave this bitter taste and experience we've had. But God wants to change that experience every day. Every day you call on him. Every day you say, Jesus, you are my savior. You are my living God. He'll change that experience for you. He'll change every day's narrative as you take him in. For those of us who've been walking on this journey as people of the faith, have, we've trusted God. We've had this close walk with Jesus. I want us to take him, you know, uh, more deeper into our lives. And I want us to also have a word of caution. You know, as leaders, as influencers, as people who lead houses, our households, you know, in any form, may we never feed off the innocence of the people we are influencing. May we never feed off the innocence of the people we are influencing. May we never discount the plan of God that is over their life. Let's not elevate our own, uh, the plan of God that's on our life, but may we never discount the plan of God what is over other people's life. May we rather, you know, journey along with them and build them up and say God is for them. May we never abandon them on the basis of our personal insecurities. For those of you who are of the faith who already have accepted Jesus, I want you to look at the people around you and I want you to make this conscious decision that you will abandon them because of your personal insecurity. It can be because of their the skill, the way they look, what they have. May we never use people for our personal gain and deplete them. May we never extort from them for our own financial gain. Today, God's calling us to rise up to another level. And he's saying, hey, I am your God. I'm sovereign. And let us lead from a place because the minute we allow God to work in and through our lives, we start walking in step with him. And the more we walk in step with him, we'll start behaving like him. And when we behave like him, these are some of the things we need to start showing time and again so that people will be able to draw closer to him through us. And for those of you who've still are in the fringes and are saying, you know what, I'll distance myself because I know, you know, God will harm me or God will, you know, fail me. I just want to remember you, God never intended anyone to be harmed. God never wanted anyone to, you know, have a bad experience. It's people, people out of their own selfishness, 
people who've not accepted or don't know Jesus have given into their sinful lustful free will desire that they get to choose they want to indulge in they want to experience themselves that they have literally harmed people around not thinking about the consequences and so today i would ask if you can turn to god and say god you will never fail me and i hold on to that promise romans chapter 8 verse 28 goes on to say and we know with great confidence that god who is deeply concerned about us causes all things to work together as a plan for good of those who love god to those who are called according to his plan and purpose and i want to leave this word with you today because for those of you who have been writing off and saying you know what god does not have anything good in store for me i want to tell he's deeply concerned for you i want you to understand that you know we need to approach with a greater confidence greater confidence knowing because that you know god who's designed our lives from the start to the finish he is with us he's just not with us in the good times he's with us even in the bad times he's with us in those times when we are crying alone when we've we're crying about the experiences we've had he's saying hey i'm here i will never fail you and he's every bad experience we've had he's willing to turn it for good if we are willing to look to god for help if we allow him to work in and through us because his deep concern for us is to make us whole again you know um, we all want to be made perfect but he's making us whole so that we'll be able to accommodate many more around us you know the minute we say we want to be perfect we just shrug off so many other people it's just left with only one percent or two percent of people around us who we think will match our perfectness but god's not like that god wants us to make us whole so that we'll be able to accommodate many more into our fold where we'll be able to journey along with many others and that's what community does and that's what jesus wants to do he wants us to be assured that he will never fail us the second thing i want us to draw our attention to is our god is a perfect shepherd who will gather and who will care for all our god is the perfect shepherd who will gather and care for all god is telling that he is the i am there's no one before there's no one after who can deeply care for us who will deeply love us and who will be able to do it consistently there's no one before and there's no one after Ezekiel chapter 34 verses 11 to 16 and this is what it says for this is what the sovereign lord says i myself will search and find my sheep i'll be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock i'll find my sheep and rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on that dark and cloudy day i will bring them back home to their own land of israel from among the people and nations i will feed them on the mountains of israel and by the rivers and in all the places where people live yes i will give them good pasture land on the high hills of israel there they will lie down in pleasant places and feed in the lush pastures of the hills i myself will tend my sheep and give them a place to lie down in peace says the sovereign lord i will search for my lost ones who strayed away and i will bring them safely home again i will bandage the injured and strengthen the weak but i will destroy those who are fat and powerful i will feed them yes feed them justice you know in john chapter 10 jesus talks uh, to the people when he's talking saying that i am the good shepherd and um the more we look 
into the life of Jesus, we've seen that, you know, he doesn't force us, he gently leads us. And even as we are grazing in his pastoral and he wants us to be made whole, you know, he says he will gather and care for us. And many a times that's what he does. You know, that's what happens for us on a Sunday when we gather online or in person. That's what it happens. You know, we gather with all our inadequacies, with everything that's happened in the week. But when we meet there, we have a sense of the Holy Spirit working in and through us there. We just don't see him caring for us. We in turn, you know, receive that care and we start giving that care to others who we meet, for others who we talk and interact and share and we build them up for the week ahead. Today, Jesus is wanting to be this good shepherd who's willing to gather you and care for you. And he wants to do it for all. I love the word all because there are no select people here. He's not looking for a particular people group, a language group or a particular color group of people. No. If Jesus isn't looking for all of this, why are we as humans having these languages there? Why do we keep, you know, throwing it out there saying, you know what? Oh, you're thin, so probably you're loved more. Oh, you're probably, you've, you, you're financially best. Oh, probably you've got life easy. Oh, you know what? You're a, you're of a better skin tone. You know, you probably have got your life going well for you. We've built these narratives in our head. No. Jesus has created us uniquely till we can settle that, you know, allow that to settle in our skin. We'll never be able to see Jesus as this perfect shepherd who's willing to gather and care. We'll always find something flawed and say, you know, I think Jesus cares for someone else much better and more than for me. Jesus is our God who is, you know, the same yesterday, today and forever. His opinion about you is the same yesterday, today and forever. His opinion about others is the same yesterday, today and forever. The one who created you, you know, thinks of you the same yesterday, today and forever. So today don't go around thinking, okay, yesterday he loved me 5%, today 10%. Probably tomorrow he might love me 15%. No, his love, we cannot fathom it. It's so high. It's so low. It's so wide. We don't know how big his love is. It's so big. And so today, as you step in, remember he came down for all of us. He wants to gather all of us and he wants to care for all of us. When I say care, he wants us to, you know, heal our wounds and set us free. Today, the more we journey along with him, the more we realize how many wounds we are really carrying. You'll soon realize as you start walking in this journey with Jesus Christ in a relationship, you'll soon feel, you know, I didn't know I had this insecurity. Oh, I didn't know I had this frame of thought. Oh, I didn't know I was like this. You'll start realizing because his word is transformative. That's the beauty about his word. His word is alive. So today who people say that the word of God is irrelevant have really not experienced his transformative power. If you're starting to read this Bible every day, you'll soon realize that he works in and through us and he changes us inside out. He doesn't change us outside in. You know, we all work out, we all go to the gym, we strive so that we'll be changed outside. Our appearances would change. But here he changes us in the inside. And so today, many a times, many of the people struggle to see the change that's happening in another person because it's quietly happening within themselves. And Jesus is here saying, hey, let me be your God today. I will gather and care for you. And so when he cares, all these wrong ideologies, all these wrong theologies, what people have been telling, will start falling down. It'll start changing. If someone is speaking to you that is not founded on the word of God, 
that's a heresy. If someone is speaking to you that's not founded on the word of God, which is contradictory the word of God, that's false. If someone is telling you, you know what, I think Jesus is one among the other gods, no, that's not right. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So if anyone else tells you that, you know what they're speaking is wrong. You need to flee away from them. So today, church, he wants to gather and care, but we still get to choose. And so today, will you allow this God that we are worshipping, who's the I am, who's definitive, who's clear, who's, you know, all complete to actually gather and care for you? Even as we read further in Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 20 to 24, you'll soon see that, you know, Jesus is giving a word of caution, especially for those who've just been listening to God's word, who've been hearing God's word, or probably those who call ourselves, you know, the Sunday Christians. We just come Sunday after Sunday, we keep hearing and we just keep getting fat on his word and yet not doing anything. We are not, uh, we're just hearers, but not doers. God has a word of caution for that. Can we read from Ezekiel 34 verse 20 to 24? Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will surely judge between the fat sheep and the scrawny sheep. For you fat sheep pushed and butted and crowded my sick and hungry flock until you scattered them to distant lands. So I'll rescue my flock and they will be no longer be abused. I will judge between one animal of the flock and another, and I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David. He will feed them and be a shepherd to them, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be a prince among my people. I, the Lord, have spoken. The verses here goes on to say that there are some who are the fat, some who are the scrawny. As we read through this, we can soon understand that, you know what, a lot of us have been recipients of God's word promises and we've not done anything about it. We've just sat on it. We've just, you know, benefited of it and we are not willing to change or go out and, you know, bring others. You know, uh, the minute you are touched by God, the minute God makes you whole, all you can do is tell others of what God's done. God will give you that opportunity. It's a thirst that you have to desire for. The minute you have that thirst and that longing, God will open that door. And when he opens that door, people will automatically come in where you will be able to witness. Witness about what? Witness not about how you've been changed, but witness about the one who changed you. Witness about the one who brought you out of death into life. Witness about the one who actually saved you from, you know, uh, eternal hell into eternal life. God will be glorified. And that's what happens. And many a times we fail to do that. We just want to live in our silo bubbles. Today, God didn't come to save us so that he can just, you know, set us free and we can just be staying put here. God has saved us so that we'll be a testimony outside to everyone out. God has saved us so that we'll be a testimony to people outside. So that we'll be able to empower others as much as we've been empowered by God. We'll be able to find the gold in people as much as God has deposited that gold in each and every one. We'll be able to find that and build them up. And because at the end of it, when they come into God's kingdom, you know, it doesn't matter where they belong. You know, in the New Testament, you see where Paul says, I planted, someone else sowed, someone else watered, someone else is reaping the harvest. It doesn't matter which church they go to. It doesn't matter where they are from. But would you do what God's actually laying on your heart? Because if we are recipients of this shepherd who's gathered and cared for, we will automatically start exhibiting that same nature of gathering and caring people. 
when i say gathering our doors will become open our dining tables will become more full we'll start caring for the meal start listening to conversations we wouldn't be actually giving our own pet theories we'll start listening we'll start seeing god in their lives and we'll start building them up and we'll start committing them to god and today god wants to do that i want to read from matthew chapter 7 and so everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man a far sighted practical and sensible man who built his house on the rock a lot of us know the story this parable of the man who built his house on the rock and house on the sand but jesus starts off by saying everyone who hears these words of mine as everyone who hears these words from the word of god will become far sighted practical and sensible and today god wants to do this for you would you allow him so we've seen till now that our god the i am is a perfect shepherd he will never fail us and we've seen that he's a shepherd who gathers us and who cares for us and the third thing we're going to see is our god is a perfect shepherd who will provide peace and security Ezekiel chapter 24 verses 25 to 31 and goes on to say I will make a covenant of peace with my people and drive away the dangerous animals from the land then they will be able to camp safely in the wildest places and sleep in the woods without fear I will bless my people and their homes around my holy hill and in the proper season I will send the showers they need there will be showers of blessing the orchards and fields of my people will yield bumper crops and everyone will live in safety when i have broken their chains of slavery and rescued them from those enslaved them they will know that i am the lord they will no longer be prey to other nations and wild animals will no longer devour them they will live in safety and no one will frighten them i will make their land famous for its crops so my people will never again suffer from families or the insults of foreign nations in this way they will know that i the lord their god am with them and they will know that they the people of israel are my people says the sovereign lord you are my flock the sheep of my pasture you are my people and i am your god i the sovereign lord have spoken you know in verse 25 it says clearly then they will be able to camp safely in the wildest places and sleep in the woods without fear you know following jesus is an exciting journey because you know we oftentimes think that uh, security looks good in one way but in the midst of wherever we are staying whatever our homes look like however you know grave those situations look like our family situations our personal situations he's saying i'm here to protect you i'm here to be with you i'm here to give you peace and security you know the beautiful thing about following jesus is he gives us peace in the midst of conflict and strife he gives us peace in the midst of confusion and chaos he gives us peace when the weather is bad he gives us peace when things are not going right you know the promise of jesus giving us peace is not i'll give you peace and there won't be any conflict there won't be any strife there won't be any problems no his thing is that i'll give you peace in the midst of all of that and what does that look like today a lot of us are going through a lot of troubles within our own homes within our own lives 
lot of confusion lot of uh, family problems lot of you know problems with extended family problems with our, uh, with our with the people we care about and he's saying yeah i am the great i am i am the sovereign lord who's saying i'll give you peace and security today the world lacks peace numbers are going up we don't know what 2022 will hold it's not a great start in fact or for a lot of us a great forecast into the year it's a scary forecast but in the midst of all of this he's saying i'll give you peace he's saying if you choose me as your shepherd i will be your security he will be the one who looks at the distance he'll say i'll be with you in the thickest of woods he's saying he'll be our security so what is this contentment and fulfillment looks like because that's what peace looks like when he gives us a peace we are content and we are fulfilled wherever we are at it's not when we get something but wherever we are at we are content and fulfilled and so we become content and fulfilled in his promises we become content and fulfilled in his timing we become content and fulfilled in his community we become content and fulfilled in his transformative power the power which changes we become content we we love in the way he leads us and changes us we are content and fulfilled in his correction our god is a god of disciplines a lot of parents don't discipline but our god disciplines because he loves us and because he cares for us if we have peace and if we know that he gives us peace and security we'll accept his correction also so church even as we step into this year i know a lot of us would have uh you know w- would have wanted a clear forecast of clear skies of the sun coming out you know beautiful weather but the way things are going it just looks like it's a cloudy forecast ahead for 2022 but the bible is clear than ever before the bible is more clear and it's drawing us and jesus is saying i am the great i am i do not change with time i am here for you would you accept me as a great shepherd i just want to leave uh the closing words in which the author in hebrew has written as a blessing over us as we step into this new year maybe hold on to him like never before this is what it says in hebrews 13 was 2021 Now may the God of peace the source of serenity and spiritual well-being who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood that sealed and ratified the eternal covenant equip you with every good thing to carry out his will and strengthen you making you complete and perfect as you ought to be accomplishing in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Lord Jesus Christ to whom be the glory forever and ever amen amen god wants to equip us equip us so that we'll be better than what we were last year so that we'll be you know able to confidently say that we've taken and grown in jesus a few more steps more so church would you be willing to do that today would you be able to commit to jesus today and start the year right and say god you are the great i am
and I'm here to worship you and I'm here to hold on to you. Can we commit this year into God's hand? And can we say, God, lead us and we'll follow? For those of you who have not committed your life to Jesus, I would ask if you would invite him into your hearts. It's a personal decision you have to make. So even as you go about your day, I'm sure the Holy Spirit will move in and through you to make that decision. And as you make that decision, lean in, allow him. If you want, please do get in touch and we would love to journey along with you. And for those of you who've been struggling, this whole year has been a struggle. Know that confidently that Jesus is with you. He is the great I am. Nothing of him is changing. But when we draw closer to him, the chances are everything about us is going to change. Are you ready to be changed by Jesus today? Can we pray? Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for all that you've been doing, Lord, in and through our lives. I pray that, Lord, even as we step into another year, even as we are on the first of this year, as we step in, we step in with confidence. We step in, Lord, with the great I am. We take you into our year, Lord Jesus. We take you into our future. We take you into our everyday, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, even as we heard from your word, I pray that, Lord, for those of uh, them who had this bitter and sour experience, Lord, of people failing and who have many a times felt that you failed, I thank you for your reassuring word which says that you will never fail us, Lord, that you are with us. I thank you, Lord, for those who have been lonely and in desolate and in struggling alone by themselves. I thank you for your word which says that you'll gather and care for us. I thank you that you're going to do that, Lord, for the people. I thank you, Lord, that we as a community will be a community which gathers and cares. More than anything, Lord Jesus, we thank you. I thank you, Lord, for the peace and security that you promise you will give. And I pray that we'll be strong. We'll be, Lord, assured that you are with us, Lord Jesus. I pray that, Lord, if there's one thing we'll take in, Lord, is that you are the great shepherd and that we are your sheep. We want to graze in your pasture land. We want to be at your uh, footstool, Lord. We want to be closer to you, Lord Jesus, more than ever before. I pray even as people make commitments, even as people make decisions for the year, I pray that, Lord, you will go ahead and in their lives and you will enable them, Lord Jesus. You will strengthen them. I pray that, that we'll be able to commit everything at your feet. I pray we won't lean into our own understanding because we're living at times where we can't predict, we can't lean into anything, Lord Jesus. But may we lean wholly to you, Lord. We thank you. Be with us, bless us, strengthen us, Lord. More than anything, I pray that, Lord, you will go before us, Lord. I pray for protection, health and strength. Bless the food and water of each and every home, Lord. Bless the finances of every home, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, bless the relationships of every home. Be with us. I pray for people who are watching right now, that they'll have a strong, Lord, sense of your Holy Spirit in their rooms right now. We believe, Lord Jesus, you're a miracle-working God. We believe in the supernatural power, Lord Jesus. And I pray right now, let healing happen in the homes. Let healing happen in their bodies, Lord Jesus. Let healing happen in their spirits and in their minds, Lord. We thank you. Be with us, strengthen us, go before us, Lord. We thank you that we get to worship the great I am. Be with us and bless us. In your most holy name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So church, even as you decide to follow Jesus and take him into this new year, our prayer is that, you know, you will trust God more than anything because he'll never fail you. He'll gather and he'll care for us. And he'll give us peace and security through troubled times. So church, even as you step into this new year, step in boldness. Don't be timid. Don't be scared. Remember, you have the God of angel armies with you. 
step in with that boldness. And our prayer is that even as we journey along, that we'll go deeper in God's word, we'll see his transformative power work in and through us. God bless you all and have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.